Hey, how's it going? It's Robin Smith, and it's time for the Robin Smith Show for Sunday, January 14th, 2024. Welcome to the podcast, and a belated Happy New Year to all of you listeners out there in the U.S. and beyond, to infinity and beyond. Do you know my girls still haven't seen Toy Story? It's a crime. If you're new here, my girls are eight and five. They still haven't seen Toy Story. Thanks for being here. If you're new here, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, they're watching Cars and the car, you know, the credits of the to Pixar movies, they have like, they do little outtakes and stuff and they're, they're making references to Monsters, Inc. and A Bug's Life and Toy Story. And I'm like, my girls can't even get these references. They're watching the movies in the wrong order. Concern it. Anyway, um, it is a new year. Uh, and do you all as listeners... Do you have New Year's resolutions? Do you make them? I don't. I used to. I think I, I still probably will. I just didn't make any explicitly or intentionally uh, this new year. Um, quick sidebar. Have you all seen the trailer to the movie Civil War? If you haven't, go see it. If you're in the U.S., if you're a listener in the U.S., um, and even if you're not, you should go see it. I feel like people know people, international listeners or just international civilians, citizens know more about what's going on in the United States than even much of our own electorate. Um, did I say electric electorate? Oh, that was my chair with commentary. Okay. I'm, I'm off track here. Yeah. I, I just, I just, uh, I kind of inoculate myself from commercials, so I don't, I don't really get exposed. Unfortunately, it's very unfortunate when I'm watching the PBS NewsHour. They're not telling me about movie trailers. You know, it's you need to watch like live sports to get inundated with commercials. And I just have designed my life in a way where I've just been totally um, not inoculated. What's the word? I'm I'm um, sheltered. Shelter. It really is sheltering at this point. People are like. Do you know what's going on in the world? And I'm like, yes, because I watch the news, but culturally, like entertainment-wise, is there a new flavor of Dorito? I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, Civil War. Uh, yeah, uh, what's his name? Nick Offerman is the president, and uh, Kirsten Dunst uh, appears to be some journalist. And um, you watch that trailer. If you haven't watched it, pause right now and just watch it. If you're driving and you can't do that, fine. But like if you're doing laundry or whatever, just just go watch the trailer and then and then come back here. Um, it's upsetting because of how uh, there's a reason why Hollywood made this movie. There's a reason why uh, they pitched it and why actors said, yeah, let's do this. Um, it's like it kind of hits too close to home. I know it's not. I don't know. I don't want to be alarmist. Right. Like you hear people on the news. Even the, the news cycle has been. Excuse me. Uh, how long has it been since we ha- that we've been talking about? You know what? I'm going to do this. There's a thing called Google Trends, and I want to search the word, the phrase, explore what United States is searching for. Exactly. Uh, pistons. No. All right. Civil War. Let's see what comes up. Uh, over time, we want to make this, how far back should we go? We should go for the past five years. Oh, wow. Wow. 
Let's do 2004 to the present. Okay, and the term is civil war. Okay, so this is interesting. This thing seems to um, uh, peak. There's this pattern on Google Trends. If you don't know what Google Trends is, Google Trends is where you just go and see what people are searching for, and you can have keywords, and, and it's the entire United States. So, for example, uh, you can look at interest by subregion. Fun fact, West Virginia. People who live in West Virginia are Googling civil war more than anyone else. Does that surprise anyone? But no, what's interesting here is there's a pattern. There's like a, um, where every, I'm trying to get on the thing. Come on, bring the cursor there. I guess it's every May. Yeah. Oh no, April. Oh no, May. Okay. It's May. In May, it peaks. May 2004, it peaks. May 2005, it peaks. May 2006, 2007. What's going on in May? Is, oh, wait a minute. Am I an idiot? Am I a numbnuts? And is that when civil war, is that when the civil war like ended? Hold on. Uh, we're all learning together. Civil War, May 1864. That would make sense. The Civil War month by month, May 1864. Uh, do, 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 do. What happened on May 31st? 18, Battle of Cold Harbor. Disastrous defeat for the Union Army during the American Civil War that caused some 18,000 casualties, continuing his relentless drive toward the Confederate capital of Richmond. What happened in May? The Battle of Yellow Tavern was fought in May 1864. Is that when the Civil War ended? It ended in 1865, but why May? You know, I've been talking about having Aaron Mann, my friend, my good friend Aaron Mann on the podcast, to discuss the uh, war in Israel and Gaza, but he was also, fun fact, a big Civil War nerd. So maybe he and I can get into this and we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. Apparently something's going on in May because it keeps on, that's when it, but, but when you zoom out, May of 2016, it spikes. That's the tallest um, spike on the graph. Well, makes sense. That was the election of, uh, that was the Hillary and Trump election, right? Anyway, I'm down a very, very deep rabbit hole here already with you all, and we are uh, six minutes into the podcast. There's more to talk about. Okay. Um, Yeah, New Year's resolution. So my family, uh, I've been in therapy for seven years now-ish, and I am deciding to pause self-care for Robin and transfer those resources from because therapy is expensive uh for those of you in therapy and are using your insurance benefits you don't know what i'm talking about and for those of you who are in therapy and are not using your insurance benefits you do know what i'm talking about even if you're getting out of network reimbursement um therapy is expensive and so i'm i'm marshalling resources from me being in therapy and we're taking that and we're my family's now going to a gym and it's glorious. I have to tell you, I've never been a gym guy. I, I was making fun of myself at this this barbell class this morning. I signed up for a for like barbell strength and and you know, as a high schooler, if you played football or if you were into athletics, gym, um, wrestling, you know, you would probably be hitting the weight room because that matters in terms of your performance. But if you're not an athlete, 
Maybe you would also hit the weight room. I just didn't hit the weight room. I never hit the weight room. I had a home gym in my home, in my basement growing up. And I, I don't know, it was like a, it was one of those things with the pulleys and the weights. And, you know, I did some free weight lifting, but not really, I didn't really own any. So I would do it like, um, maybe I went to the gym in undergrad, uh, in grad school, I would just go to the mixed martial arts room. I would hit the heavy bag and the speed bag. So I, I only did like, um, isometric stuff, pushups, things like that. And I, I, I don't, I'm, um, ignorant to how to even put weights on a barbell. Okay. So I was at a class this morning and the instructor, it was a 45 minute class. And I was, I was in there with all women. Okay. (laughs) Which, which it was funny because a part of me was going, a part of me was like, you fucking pussy. Like, actually I should back up. The first experience at the gym when I was in the weight section was like, I was going into, you know, I have a whoop strap and the whoop strap has a program on it that has like upper body stuff. And so it shows you, it guides you. There's like video tutorials, like here's the proper form, how to lift stuff. And so I'm looking at my phone like some special needs guy and, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to follow it the best I can. But there's this humiliating uh, truth uh, that the free weights are all lined up from left to right, from the biggest to the smallest. And um, where am I going? I'm walking down the line of all these free weights. I'm over by the water fountain where the littlest weights are. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. And I, I'm doing my forms. And women are coming past me and grabbing the larger weights. And I'm this part of me is just like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, you pussy. And, and this is, you know, if, if you're a male listening to this right now, I hope you're laughing at me and joining in the, um, the cultural, uh, what's it? The, uh, the normative male bro culture of like shitting on people and being like, you pussy, you bitch and all that stuff. Okay. Now the therapist part of me labels that as, you know, a cultural burden, uh, but I want to, I want to be really clear here about distinct distinguishing something that is actually damaging and harmful versus something that is causes laughter. You know, it's, it's kind of like when friends are um, shitting on each other in a love in a, with, with like brotherly love fraternity, you know, with, with loving respect. So anyway, I have that part of me. It's like you bitch. And I'm laughing. I'm just laughing at the fact that I'm being totally emasculated. But again, you know, I was in the locker room today and the guys were like, oh, you see all these new people coming in with their New Year's resolutions and, you know, they're going to be clearing out by the end of the month or whatever. Little do they know they're talking about me because I am one of the new guys, but we're not we're not clearing out. This gym is amazing. It's got a pool. It, the, the, the girls, I'm trying to talk my kids into passing the swim test so that they can go on the water slide. It has a sauna. There's a steam room. Okay, let's talk about the steam room. I had no idea how relaxing it is to go into a steam room and just sit and breathe. And I mean, I've been in a sauna before, but I've never experienced the steam room. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, um, when are you supposed to, are you supposed to, you're probably supposed to steam after your workout, right? I still need to learn all this stuff. Like don't go into a sauna naked. No, I'm just kidding. But like, don't go into a sauna with, you know, bring a towel, don't just be the asshole that like gets out of the pool and then goes up and sits on the wood with the, the chlorinated water on the trunks, you know? 
Anyway, I'm all over the place. So I'm, so let's fast forward back to this, this uh, barbell class. The instructor, she's like, she's a pro. You know, it's this 45-minute class. And she's like, all right, we're doing all this stuff. And I'm sitting there, and there's, there's another guy in the class, okay? I sign up for this class because I, let me link the dots here. I never trained with weights. I never had any guidance. So when I sign up for a gym membership and I want to lift weights and stuff, I'm like, I don't want to injure myself. I'm, I'm pushing 40 here. I'm on, and, I, and I know I can't just go in there. <clears throat> Let me give you an example. When you watch yoga videos and there's a female instructor, the female instructor is not saying, don't push yourself now. When you watch a male yoga video, the male yoga instructor is always talking to a male audience and he's like, no, don't push it. You don't need to push it. He, always, he's, he, he keeps having to reassure the male ego that this is not a competition and it's not about like fucking 110%, bro. So anyway, she's a female instructor and so she's, um, what am I, I, I lost track of thought. This is the ADHD. Um, <clears throat> where was I going with that? She's, she's you know, she's uh, encouraging everyone I'm in the class. I have I have no guidance, so I, I just want to be in there to like get the uh, the form right, right? Like that's what I was saying. I don't I don't have any training in form, so I don't want to injure myself. Uh, so I'm in there with a bunch of gals. There's another guy. He's like tucked away in the corner. And I, I I like see him out of the corner. Of my eye. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only guy here, but I, I I I'm doing the class and I'm just doing the bare. I do ten pounds on each like. 10 pound plates on each side because I'm not trying to actually build any muscle here. I'm trying to learn what's the right way to hold this tool, right? Um, And that class kicked my ass. It kicked my ass so hard. It was amazing. I mean, I was, I have so much respect for um, people that are in shape and that keep it up. And I hope to be one of those people. I mean, I've been, if you're a long time listener of the show, you know, I, I trail run running is not weight training. Okay. These are two different animals altogether. So I, um, I'm looking forward to it anyway. I wanted to ramble and rant about that. Uh, let's, let's move on. I want to share with you all, uh, last year's stats listeners. Would you like to know who you are and where you tune in to the show from? Let me pull this up here. Fetching your step backtrack 2023 for the Robin Smith show. Um, I feel like I did release fewer episodes in 2023. I think my life has gotten a little more chaotic. I have strived to be a weekly podcaster and I haven't really uh, kept up with that. It says that I've averaged, excuse me, I've averaged 3.25 episodes per month. It calls me a bi-weekly boss. And it's in pink. I'm having some. Uh, I'm having some gender issues here. It's because my name is Robin. All right, here's okay. Drum roll, drum roll. Where do you think the most popular city is of all the listeners of the show? This has changed, by the way, year over year. So for 2023, the most popular city. Do you have the guess in your mind? No, it's a it's a U.S. city because I'm a Yankee. Okay, I just gave it away. Shit, it's New York. All right, I can't believe it's New York because I live in Silver Spring, Maryland. This show comes out of Silver Spring, Maryland. Now, now granted, uh, Silver Spring came into a close second, uh, and then Olney, Maryland being third, and then D.C. is fourth. And then, interestingly enough, fifth place is Oklahoma City. 
listeners out in Oklahoma. Um, 40 different countries, the U.S., the U.K., Australia, Netherlands, Canada for the top five uh, countries that tune in. This should be no surprise to anyone. The top episodes, uh, well, for, for longtime listeners anyway, Robert Falconer, number one, by a long shot. I want to get Bob back on the podcast. And actually, I, um, I wasn't necessarily planning about talking about this, but if I could just take a slight side street detour here. Robert Falconer, so I interviewed him. He's episode 106. I don't remember what date, date it was. But um, I interviewed him. That was the first time I met him. And uh, later on, later in the in July, I, I did a therapy session with him. And he retrieved my first exile. Um, this is jargony talk, which means in, in the internal family systems model, it means we went back in time to eight-year-old Robin and got eight-year-old Robin out of a traumatic scene and brought eight-year-old Robin into the present to be taken care of and parented by me, 39, soon-to-be 40-year-old Robin. Okay, that is a healing trauma therapy and modality, and um, he let me record it. Um, there's several reasons why it was really useful to record. One is because I am pro-therapy and uh, pro-destigmatizing therapy, so it is my hope that um, I can share this recording. Uh, but what I'm getting at is... Uh, I'm I'm probably this year I'm probably going to put that recording behind a paywall. I feel like I don't I feel like I've foolishly have a Patreon and have a paywall way too soon before usually usually you need more uh, a bigger audience, you know, more listeners, more followers, viewers, whatever. But it's for this very reason that I actually do want to have a paywall because I want to be intentional about the kinds of things that I just put out there for the public and the things that uh, I want to share with you all if you're uh, a supporter and you're interested. And again, maybe no one is, but when there's a critical mass of listenership, uh, I want that to be there in the library. And so we recorded that therapy session. um, And here's where I'm going with this. Um, The eight-year-old, he went through some shit, I'll say, and... Um, I was able to, I was able to forgive my dad about some of the stuff that I went through in my childhood. And this, this kind of connects to, um, the things that people do, like when, when, when a loved one or a, a, an old friend has like a terminal diagnosis, when people are on their deathbed and you're like, shit, man. I like, I need to say some, th- or when you, you, the individual are on your deathbed, you're like, I need to say some things to some people before I die. Or, or very often people feel like I never got to say, you know, goodbye or whatever. Like I forgive you or, uh, you know, I never got to say that to whoever in, in one's life that they lose. And I felt like, I felt like I had the conversation this past holiday when my parents were visiting uh, over, over break to actually, you know, sit down with my dad and, and, and have that conversation to, to be like, cross that off the bucket list of being like, that's the kind of thing, you know, if my dad were to die tomorrow, God willing, he does not. Uh, but if he did, 
that's one of those things where it's like I can I don't have to carry that regret that I that I never got to like settle it out and you know and 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 resolve unresolved things. So um and that was directly uh linked and connected to the work I did with Bob. Um he is a master clinician so it's my favorite episode of the entire podcast there, you know, as I was, a, as I was podcasting along episode 10 and 20 and 50, I would be like, Oh, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. This is my... Okay. One Oh six Robert Falconer is still my favorite one, even though we're on episode, I don't even know what number one, um, go listen to that one. All right. That was a long rabbit hole. Uh, top episodes one Oh four. Interestingly, I rebroadcasted the discussion I had with, uh, friends of mine, um, a panel of man children discuss Valentine's Day. That's right, Valentine's Day, because Adam Weinstein produces or uh, uh, pronounces it that way. Who was on that episode? I want to say it was Will McHenry, Adam Weinstein, Joe Rominski, myself, Lee Tyberg. The lovely Lee Tyberg uh, actually was playing the role of host for that episode, and she was asking us. Man children. Who else was on that? Was it? Am I forgetting someone? I fucking hope I'm not forgetting. Anyway, anyway, that ha- that that episode aired years ago, and I rebroadcasted it around probably around February. Um, and that was the I don't know why, but that was the top episode, second second top episode. Um, you all probably don't care about this shit. I should probably just plow ahead. Um, so let's do just that. Where am I here? Um, okay. How are we doing on time? No time to do sports talk. Uh, it is 22 minutes. So I'm going to leave you with no music this time. Also, um, I want to get, I actually want to get hammer. No more of the fingers on the podcast. They have a show coming up. Um, I should probably promote when they have a show in New York, since most of my listeners are in New York. I don't get it, but, uh, they have, they're coming up to the DC area. They're playing comet ping pong, the place that does not have a basement. Okay. With the whole pizza gate thing. Yeah, that's in DC. So uh, I've we've I've played there before. It's great. They treat musicians very well. Hopefully, if it's still under that management or that ownership or whatever. Um, so they're coming. I think in February. I want to get those guys on before their show. Um, that is an intention. We'll see if it actually happens. No music though. This episode. I want to leave you all with um, something I came across. My father-in-law is, is longtime listeners know uh, talks a lot about AI. He's a futurist. I've had him, Jerome C. Glenn. I've had him on the podcast. I'll probably have him on again this year. Um, he talks about AI a lot. I went to the Center for Humane Technology, uh, and uh, I want to share with you some of the the initiative for uh, what am I trying to say here. I want to share with you all some of the important data points that happened recently uh, regarding AI um, as it as it pervades various territories of our life and civilization. So let's let's read this stuff and then and then we're gonna go um, because I gotta go pick up my kids. It's Wednesday. This is being recorded Wednesday, by the way, January 10th, and we go to grandma's house for dinner. Okay, AI. Um, For kids, this year, Snapchat shipped its MyAI chatbot to 750 million users, many of them kids. Pretending to be a 16-year-old girl, 
we asked, oh, I should say, so this is from, again, the Center for Humane Technology. So that's who the we is. We asked my AI to help us date a 30-year-old. The chatbot was happy to help, even advising our user on having her first sexual experience. Okay? Pretending to be a 13-year-old girl. that they, they were saying, oh, how can we, how can we date a 30-year-old? And, you know, the architecture of AI has rules and ethics and it's like, you know, we're not going to teach someone how to, how to build, uh, you know, uh, a dirty bomb or, uh, you know, synthesize smallpox or whatever. It's like, there are, there are rules there, but there are also hacks. So you can kind of say like, oh, well, my grandma made me a special recipe when I was a little kid uh, 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 that contained smallpox or whatever. And then, and then suddenly that like trumps the rule and then the AI will tell you, oh, well, okay, if grandma made it for you, then we're going to teach you how to build a dirty bomb or whatever. Um, I, I hope I'm making sense here. All right, elections. Our politics are more divisive than ever. This dangerous polarization is being accelerated by AI algorithms uh, that according to researchers consistently push viewers from moderate to extremist online video content. Deep fakes and AI produced content are further eroding trust. Almost 60% of Americans think that AI will increase misinformation in the 2024 elections. Again, you heard me open today's episode with the civil war. Uh, it's coming out this spring at an IMAX near you. It's fucking it's, it's, it worries me. It really, really worries me. Um, and I mean, I'm sure you all probably share this view. I mean, I don't know if any listeners are, uh, are like, you know, you know, I mean, like this technology, it really, just like any technology has a lot of positive potential. That's not what worries me. You know, it's, it's the, it's how, um, it's how essentially if you have a philosophy of evil that you can integrate into the modern, the modern life, how does evil interface with AI? Uh, and the, and the scariest thing is that, you know, quote unquote, evil doers, people who do evil most often, if not always have the, well, maybe not always, but so often there's a positive intention. It's like, no, I'm doing the right thing. This is the, this is, this is what's best for the world, you know? And then it ends up causing terrible, terrible harm. Anyway, I am rambling. Okay. Breakdown of truth. Fake news spreads six times faster on social media than true news. According to researchers, this is because fake news usually has a higher emotional content and contains unexpected information, which means that it will be shared and reposted more often. AI makes it trivial for any malicious actor to create fake news and take advantage of its natural virality. On jobs... Goldman Sachs estimates that two-thirds of all jobs are exposed to some amount of automation and one-quarter of all current human work could be replaced by AI. Globally, 300 million jobs are at risk. Now, my father-in-law said something like, he said, yeah, they're at risk, but that's, you know, they're, that just, he, he articulated it way better. He was basically forecasting like, you know, they're not going away now anyway. They may go away in five years, but they're not going away now. But they're, So they're, they're right to phrase it that way, that they're at risk. Uh, intellectual property. At least three class action lawsuits have been filed against AI companies by artists who say their work has been stolen. Large language models are trained on vast amounts of information, much of it copyrighted. In this process, copyright holders have so far not been consulted or compensated. 
Once trained, models can mimic the style of writers, artists, and singers they've sampled, posing a major threat to creative people in all fields. Cybersecurity. AI poses a major threat to the safety of global infrastructure and stability. For example, the U.S. government disclosed that North Korea is using AI to expand its cyber hacking program, accelerating its ability to... Whoops, hold on. Pause for a second. Uh, hold on. Mute that. All right, my um, my outro music. See, see, I'm in the 28th minute. I forgot to mute my outro music. I forgot to doop, 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 doop. Okay, where was I? Uh, cyber attacks fuel military threats. North Korea's cryptocurrency hacking campaigns are believed to be a major source of funding for its WMD program. AI and the environment. AI models are powered by a huge amount of electricity and could lead to a significant boost in global carbon emissions. More advanced models consistently require more power, so it's difficult to estimate just how large the future impacts may be. A 2023 pioneering study found that making one AI-generated image uses as much power as charging a cell phone. Two more here from, again, this is from the Center for Humane Technology. How does AI interact with freedom and privacy? Or what is a data point that you should be aware of? AI is quickly being rolled out to track and monitor citizens around the world through facial recognition, location tracking, and smart, quote, smart policing, to name a few of the most popular methods. China, an authoritarian state, is the global leader in this industry. Of the 75 countries actively using AI for surveillance, nearly 80% rely on Chinese technology. And finally, human survival. In 2022, AI researchers were surveyed on how likely it is that AI will lead to human extinction. Almost half of them said the likelihood is 10% or higher. Hundreds of experts, including AI lab leaders, signed a 2023 letter saying, quote, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority along, alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war. Um, yeah, I want to have, uh, Jerry on my, uh, my father-in-law, like I said, I want to have him on to talk more about AI and, uh, the developments cause this stuff moves really fast and, that's the show. Uh, I still, I still feel like my nose is. I still. Uh, the last time I had a episode with you all, it was uh, late December, and I was. I think I was in the middle of like round two of antibiotics, uh, and I still don't sound. I feel like a hundred percent. That weight class. I felt like a fucking badass and a pussy at the same time. <laughs> that weight class. Uh, but I, you know. But I still don't feel like I'm, I sound, I have this like nasally voice. So hopefully that goes away. I think I probably got the, um, the newest strain of, of COVID uh, many weeks ago at this point. Um, or maybe it was RSV. Who the fuck knows? Uh, thanks for listening as always. And um, I will see you next time. The Robin Smith Show is produced by me, Robin Smith. Executive produced by Robin and Kelly Glenn Smith at Team Robley. Theme song by The Very Small. The show is engineered by one of my alters, Games Nabisco. Listeners can get in touch by calling or texting the hotline at 301-458-0883. Messages can be sent to robinsmithshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Disclaimer. This podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, psychotherapy, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. Note. No therapist-patient relationship is formed. 
the use of this information is at the listener's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Mm-hmm.